we are going to be talking about the gift of perception today. I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into it. So, Father, I want to thank you so much just for this amazing church, God, for what's happened already. God, it was exciting and, and part, uh, to be part of worship this morning and part of a growing and changing environment, God, where they're learning to sing with in-ears. It's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but God, they're getting it. And we're getting it, God. And so thank you for that, God. I want to thank you for Laura today, God, our, our sound person, God, who just is, has had a busy week with the school play and the dance after this and church. And so, God, there's a lot on her plate. We're thankful for Laura today. We bless her and the team that helps do sound here at, at the church every morning, God. So, so, Lord, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. And we ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake your neighbor and see if they're awake. Shake them. You guys are gently tapping. I said shake somebody this morning. I, I once was on a flight. Uh, this was when Addison was just a baby. And we were flying from Edmonton to Kelowna. And my sister-in-law was on the flight with Andrea and I. And I was like gently bouncing Addison on my lap. And my sister-in-law just jokingly said, quit shaking the baby. And literally everyone on the plane turned and looked at me as I was like, and I was so mad at my sister-in-law. I was like, don't say stuff like that in public. I'm literally just bouncing her, right? And so I had a whole plane thinking that I was shaking the baby and it was all over the news back then. Anyway, it was crazy. So I exaggerate sometimes, but talking about the gift of perception, it was only the four rows that looked, not the whole plane. So just anyway. We're talking about perception, which is the ability to see, the ability to hear, or become aware of something through the senses. And so, man, I tell you, when I was preparing this message, God spoke to me a lot. And so I have a lot of questions for you guys. And I have, so I have actually something that Jesus himself told me to ask you and say to you. And, and I'm a little uncomfortable with it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So uh, that's what you do sometimes. But how, how do you see God? I want to ask you honestly, how do you see God in this, this season? You know, Christmas time is a season where we talk a lot about Jesus. Uh, you hear it on the, on, the, on the radio. Everywhere you go, there's Christmas songs playing. Everywhere you look, there's Christmas lights. There's manger scenes in people's yards. This is the season. This is Jesus' season, bar none, uh, you know, outside of Easter. But this is amazing. So how do you see God? And do you see yourself in him is the question that I want to ask you guys today. One of them. Can you hear his voice? How do you hear his voice? right? Uh, it's one of those things that I think a lot of Christians, if we were honest, it's something we struggle with. Is this actually God speaking to me right now? Is this actually him saying something to me? Uh, are you aware of what God is doing right now in this time? Are you aware of what God is thinking and feeling towards you and towards the things that are going on in our culture and in our society right now? Uh, how is he feeling about your life? How is he feeling about the world that we live in? Right? I personally think this, that the gift of perception is actually the gift of friendship. To see, to hear, and to be aware of someone. Right? That's the gift of friendship that God gave to us. He sees you. He hears your voice. He is aware of your needs. He's aware of everything that is going on in your life. Are you actually returning the favor? Are you being a friend back to God? Do you see him? Are you hearing him? Are you listening to him? Are you aware of what he's doing? So we're going to look at that a little bit today. And I want to ask you this. Are you living as a friend of God? 
Are you living as his friend today, church? And I think it's something we all need to answer in our hearts. You know, the last few times that I've come on the stage, I've really felt God, you know, I've shared as I've hosted, I've said, I I sometimes feel like I'm just going through the motions with God. Anyone ever felt that before? We come to church and we sing and it's like, oh, uh, I'm just here. I'm just here. Right? I'm singing these songs, but the words aren't real in my heart sometimes. I'm praying these prayers, but I'm not sure I really believe what I'm praying. And I know I'm not alone. I know that there's others here today. And so we're going to look at that, okay? You know, are you living as a friend of God? Because it's what God has always intended for his people from the very beginning. He wanted to walk with his friends. He wanted to, to be in relationship with people. So the gift of perception is that, you know, I think, you know, if I was to take that gift, and, and, and I think a lot of people... You know, we're living in, I'm just going to, Kate's gonna, not going to be happy, but I'm just going to, yeah. So, we get these gifts, and God gives us these gifts, and we just, like, put our head in them. Like, can you see God? Can you hear him? We, we live in this, this thing, like, we got to start ripping the gift open, right? Like, we got to take what God's given us, and we got to unwrap that package, and... You guys are more shocked that I ripped open a cardboard box. <laughs> Look at Kate, she's not happy. But anyway, <clears throat> don't worry, Kate, you can rewrap it after the sermon, okay? It's okay. We planned it. It's all good, you guys. It's all good. Kate and I talked about it. I would never just do that to her. Are they, isn't that great? Don't they look lovely, this setup that they do? Okay, good. Eight of us like it. Do a better job, Kate. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. The Old Testament, there's this story in Exodus 33, and and it's something, you know, we were talking about at the discipleship school, but there's a story in the Old Testament, and this is the thing that grieves me about our society today, is that Moses would go, and he would go to the tent of gathering, and he would meet, and all of Israel would get up, and they'd stand outside their tents, And they would watch Moses go to meet with God. But they wouldn't go to the tent themselves. And they wouldn't go meet with God themselves. They wanted to hear what God had to say through the guy, Moses, at the time, which is in our culture today, it's like we come to church and we hear on Sundays, but we're not spending any time with God ourselves, if we're honest. And I fall into that trap sometimes too. Sometimes I just prepare a message because I need to prepare it to share with you or the youth group or the discipleship school. And I'm not actually going to God personally, one-on-one, right? So it's not just you, it's me too. We're all guilty of doing this sometimes. And and God wants to change that, right? And and I think the reason that we do these things sometimes where we watch what other people are doing with God is that we don't fully understand what God has for us. The good relationship that he's called us into, we don't fully get and grasp, hey, I've got this for you. This is is yours. I want to do this with you. As much as I love doing it with that person, I want to do it with you. Come and meet with me. Come gather with me. Come hear my voice. See what I'm doing. Feel how I'm feeling, church. See the person out there. Yesterday, you know, I was playing a video game with some friends, and I got a phone call, and it was like, Matt, can you come to the church? There's a situation going on over here, and, and Naomi's working on the Christmas play. She's going to do a great job. Come visit on Saturday night at the church office. Come check those kids out. It's really fun. But there's a situation. Can you come over here? And I was like, man, I'm in the middle of something. Like, I'm playing a video game, and this is important because I was razzing on the kids all day. Come on, come play video games with me, right? So anyway, I, I was bothered in the moment. I got this phone call that there was a problem at the church, and I was like, well, Naomi's a pastor. She could deal with this. Like, 
But I, you know, I, I put the, and God was like, Matt, check your heart, bud. You're missing a moment right now. And I went over to the church office and, and I prayed with a guy who wanted to take his life yesterday. Right? Because we get caught up in the moments and we, we we're not feeling what God's feeling and seeing what he's seeing. We're so wrapped up in our own lives and our own things that we're doing that we miss the moment. And so I got to sit with one of the amazing RCMP officers in our town. Uh, his name is Constable Rouse. If he gives you a ticket, don't tell him my name, but he, he's a good guy. Actually, maybe try dropping it. Just say, hey, I'm friends with Pastor Matt. But anyway, <laughs> see how it works. If it works, call me because you owe me some money now. But anyway... So Constable Rouse and I sat with this guy and we just loved on him and, and we were phoning people trying to find, we're trying to figure out what to do with this guy's life and we're praying with him and it was amazing. I got to sit with one of the amazing police officers who knew my brother-in-law who died a few years ago on the RCM and was telling me how much he looked up to him. God is doing something in our town. You know, we pray for the RCMP, we pray for the first responders on a weekly basis at our church. It's amazing to see, he's like, you look really familiar. I was like, Please, not the time you pull me over. But it's because I do a lot of community work, sir. Like, anyway. <clears throat> I feel like the Lord's saying this this morning. Jesus has a question for each one of you. He says, do you have any idea who I truly am? Am I not the God who shut the mouths of lions from my servant Daniel? Am I not the God who walked with my children in the fire of Nebuchadnezzar? Am I not he who soothed the skin of the leper? The one who reached out with his hands of compassion to cleanse and heal the defilement? Am I not he who stretched out his hands, fearing not the nail, offered up my back to the scourge, whipped for your transgressions? Did I not take captivity captive? Did I not take back the keys to death in Hades and rob the grave? Do you not see my love? Do you not hear my voice? I long for you to know me, who I really am. I am not just the God of your ancestors. I am your God if you will have me. That's what the Lord says to each one of you today. The God who walked in the fire with the children of Nebuchadnezzar that not even the smell of fire was on them. Not a hair on their head singed. The God who, when his servant Daniel was thrown into the lions to be devoured, sat there with him through the night and shut the mouths of the lions. On and on and on. The God who reached out with compassion, took his hand and touched the skin of a leper whose skin would have been so disgusting and falling off and put his hand and said, I do have compassion for you. This is the God that loves you and is wanting relationship with you today. The God who stretched out his hands, fearing not the nail. Right? This is the God that you have. Why are we, why are we so lackadaisical in our relationship with him? Why don't, why don't we care more? What's in our hearts? What, what's, so, what's keeping us too busy, right? Anyway, we've got to see the value. Jesus says, do you have any idea, church, how valuable you are to me? How much I care for you? You know, the story of Christ's birth, it's more than just this fun story about peace and love and, you know, all the, the songs that we like to sing about, right? It's the story of God come to mankind to take back what was his. It's bugging me. Once and for always, to ransom what was stolen from him. 
comes in the form of a baby. I was holding little Taylor there today, and she's trying to grab at the microphone and doing all these things, and I thought, man, like, this is, this is the babe that we celebrate. This is what the wise men came to see, this little child, right? And, and so I, I just love that. You know, the price of the ransom was this, that he paid it with his own blood. He said, you see them, you see her, you see him, right? You see Mei Lang, you see Sam, you see Kim, you see Jody, they're on my tab. I got them, they're mine. I'll pay the price for each one of them. It was a price he was willing to pay. It's the greatest gift we could ever receive. And today, the gift of perception is this, that we would see him accurately and that we would see ourselves accurately. We're living less than who we're meant to be. And God is just saying, no more, church. Rise up. Become who you're called to be. Called who you're meant to be. There are people like that guy who are waiting for the church to rise up, to give them hope, to, to show them that God is good, to show them that they're loved, to cry with them. So that they could find hope, that they could find victory, that he could see that there's more to live for, that there's hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. He didn't just leave it at, at coming for our salvation, though. You know, he looked at the enemy and, and he said, you know, you thought dealing with me was bad enough. You think seeing me is bad enough. I'm going to put my spirit in every single one of them. And you're going to be dealing with me on multiple fronts. You're going to have to, look at that guy, look at his beard, devil. He is taking you down because my spirit is in him, Kevin Bills, mighty warrior of Jesus. Come on, rise up, rise up. You think Kevin Bills is tough, wait till you see Georgina. You know what I'm saying? God is saying, you, you know, we get this mindset that the devil's got us surrounded and he's everywhere and, and look what he's doing over here. If we saw ourselves accurately, if we saw the spirit that was in us, we would see we've got the enemy surrounded. We're everywhere. We're everywhere in this city. Come on. There is no reason darkness should have its way in this town with the amount of people that are serving Jesus here. Come on, church. We got to see our value. You've got the king of kings, the spirit of God, living deep in your heart, reaching out. Church, we, we got to wake up a little bit. We got to see the value. We're, we're on his tab. We should be plundering the kingdom of darkness, which is what we're called to do, reaching out and, and seeing those souls laid. That man asked me, he said, can you pray for me in church? Can you, I, I, I said, you know, you prayed with me here today, Pastor Matt, but you get the church to pray for me, please. And I said, well, if I can shake hell, then what about when all of us are praying together, shaking hell together? But you know what? We got a Christmas party to go to. There's a rum and eggnog waiting for me. Right? Come on, church. Come on. Let's get past that stuff. Let's see him. Let's see our value. We're not surrounded. We've got the enemy surrounded. We have to start seeing with the eyes of Christ. And I believe that he wants to open your eyes today. And it's not that you're not seeing him, but he wants you to see greater the value that is placed in your heart and in your life. Amen. Okay? When one of us goes to prayer, darkness trembles. When we go to prayer as a church, man, I'm telling you, the enemy is scared. Pray with me today for this man, would you? Just, just let's lift him up today and agree with me in prayer. Lord, this man did not value his life. He is in such turmoil, God, and going through so many problems, God, that, that he needs to see you, Jesus. 
And so where the enemy is trying to rob, steal, and kill this man and to take his life eternally from you, God, we say enough is enough. And in the name of Jesus, that man will find freedom and his life will be a testimony to all those who are broken and lost. And many will come into the kingdom because of that man's life in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen with me. Come on. Amen. Jesus saw the value where others didn't. You know, Luke brought up in discipleship school, he, he was praying on Wednesday night, and he said, man, the God, he see, you know, we see this muddy field of our lives, but God sees the treasure in our lives. And he bought that field, and he's pulling the treasure out of every single one of us, because there is gold in you. Let me tell you, church, there is gold in every single one of you, and God is calling it out to be who you're called to be. Amen. Hallelujah. It's easy to forget it all when we're not placing the proper value on our relationship with Jesus. We don't see who we are because we don't fully see who he is and who he called us to be. You know, I can't help but think about the three wise men from the Christmas story. You know, these men were eagerly waiting, watching the skies, studying, preparing, ready for the moment when they saw the star and they would travel I don't even know how far, thousands of miles, hundreds of miles, to go and find the one that they knew was Savior and Messiah. They were watching, waiting, preparing. And, and, and I love this. They traveled great distances. So know what Matthew 2, verse 10 to 11 says. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They were like, woo! There it is! It's, he's coming! How much more for us who the Spirit of God resides, we're standing in the back. Like, God, this is taking forever. There's a football game to watch. Don't they know? Like, like and, and listen, I do it too. I, I'm not picking on anybody. I, I've been just as guilty of not being excited and joyous about Jesus in my life. And God is convicting me too. Where, where am I putting my joy at? Where's my joy level at? Am I like the wise men who hadn't even met him yet? They hadn't met Jesus yet, and they were exceedingly joyful. We saw the star. We're going to meet him. We're going. Right? We take our phones. I, I saw a pastor do this. You, you, you leave your phone. Where's the farthest you would travel to, to go find your phone? If you left it in church today, would you not drive back here to come get your phone? Right? Even if you lived in St. Albert, would you not drive back here? Right? How far would it take for you to drive away to come back to get your phone, the valuable thing that you hold? Right? But we won't even travel a little bit to go to a prayer meeting. We won't even get on our knees in our own basements and worship God. We, we've got to get past it, church. We've got to grow past it, okay? And, and, I, and I'm sorry if, if you feel like I'm picking on you. I'm not. This is... God convicted me just as much as I prepared this message, okay? The struggles of life, they keep everybody busy. I've grieved that prayer meeting that no one my age is there. I've grieved. There's a lot of young kids, and there's a lot of older folks. And there's nobody my age there, and I thought, Jesus, what are we doing? We've got to set the precedent. If we want our kids to follow Christ... We can't just send them to a school and let the teacher. we got to set the way. We, we, we've got to do that. I'm talking to you young families, and you can come get mad at me later if you want, but we have to set the example for our children. If you're not following Jesus, why would your kids do it more than you? 
I love watching all these little kids up here. Man, sorry, I'm getting off track. Okay, anyway. So <clears throat> the struggles of life choked out the joy from people's relationship with him. And, and I think that some of you need to ask God for a weed whacker this year. Amen. To cut down the things that are holding you back from chasing Jesus. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. After entering the house, they saw the child with, his Mar- with Mary, his mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. When's the last time you went out of your way to go and worship Jesus? So you answer that question. After opening their treasure chest, they presented to him gifts fit for a king, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I, I hope, church, that you're starting to see him clear. These men gave their best to a little child because they knew who he was and they knew the value that they needed to place in his life. It was nothing for them to give away their greatest treasures to him. It was nothing to give away their best because they saw if they could get in a relationship with him, the benefit of being in a relationship with him far outweighed any earthly treasure they could ever have. It's his gift to us to see him clear this year, okay? And that's just one of the parts of the gift of perception. The second is this. He wants you to hear his voice. Let me read a scripture to you. This is years after now. Jesus has been grown up and he's got some disciples. But let's listen to this. John 1, 43 to 49 says this. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida, where it doesn't really matter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, Nathanael replied, can anything good come from there? And what did Philip say? He said, come and see. You got to come and see. You know, I love this scripture about hearing God. And let me explain to you why, because it probably doesn't make sense to, to some of you. But listen to this. After hearing Jesus call to follow him, the first thing Philip does is he goes out and finds his friend. And he says, you got to come see this guy. We found him. This is the guy that everyone's talking about. It's been written about forever. We've been studying. We've been waiting for him. You got to come and see him. He's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel goes, whoa, 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 Nazareth? The Savior doesn't come from Nazareth. Nathaniel was a guy who was actually going after God. He was actually studying. He wanted to know God. He says, he's like, hold on. And and Philip, this is the beautiful thing. Philip's like, "I, I don't know. Just come and see him. Come see for yourself. Right? As new Christians, I want to tell you this. As, as Christians, we sometimes go to our friends and we think we have to have all the answers. We don't. We just got to get, we got to trick them to get to church somehow to meet Jesus. Amen? Because he said, you know what? The, the beauty of it is, is that the Savior actually, Nathaniel knew, was to come from Bethlehem. So when he said Jesus of Nazareth, he was like a little bit like, whoa, this, I'm not sure you guys found the right guy. Well, come and see. Come and find him for yourself. Get excited about it. you got to just come on, man. Just come. Come to church. Come see what we're doing. Come see this guy. He will change your life. And, and, and I love this. This is, this is so amazing. you got to follow me there. He says... When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. As Nathanael's watching up, no guile, other versions say. There's no deceit, not a, not a deceitful bone in his body. That's what Jesus says as Nathanael starts walking up to him. And Nathanael says, how do you know me? 
And, and I love how the message puts it. He's like, where, where did you get that idea about me? Right? I, I've never met you before. I know nothing about you. How, how, why would you get that idea about me? And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And, and this is beauty. Other scriptures say long before your friend Philip ever came to you, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. One moment, he heard Jesus speak one thing. One thing, that's all it took. One thing that Jesus spoke to that man. And he said, you're, you're, the, you're the guy. I get it. And, and I kept, I read that all the time and I thought, man, that guy just caved super easy. Like, right? Here comes Doug welder of metal right in him there is no wood I don't know like <laughs> say something good about someone and right away they're like oh like yeah you're the king of Israel and I was I, I studied that a little bit and I wish the Bible told us more about what Nathaniel spoke under that fig tree or or what he said but I, I want to share something I found in my studies this is so neat a neat fact about Nathaniel it, said, it is said of Nathaniel in the Syriac Dictionary that his mother laid him under a fig tree when the in infants were slain at Bethlehem, which, if it could be depended on, must be to Nathaniel a surprising and undeniable proof of the deity of Christ and of his being the true Messiah, since at the time he was an infant of days himself and was the person Herod was seeking to destroy as the Messiah and the King of the Jews. I, I was floored when I read that. Jesus is saying to him, when you were still a baby and Herod was killing people our age, I saw you under that tree. If that can be dependent on, that's pretty amazing. Even if it can't, the point is this, is that Jesus spoke to Nathaniel and said, I saw you under the fig tree, and in that moment, whatever he shared under that fig tree, however personal, whatever it happened to be, Nathaniel knew that he was heard by God. And in that moment, he gave his life to Christ and said, I will follow you. So it doesn't matter if it was the fig tree of infants or just a personal thing. What matters is this, church. God hears your deepest cries in the private places that you will reach out to him and then when you are so broken, when you are whatever it happens to be, the joyous times that you're celebrating, the times when you're lifting up, he hears it all and he sees you and he can speak into it. Your friends, your family right now that are so far from God, that are struggling so much, if you can get them into the church to hear the voice of God, someone will pray for them at the front and they will hear God's voice and they will be pierced of their heart and they will give their life to Jesus because it's real he's real he's real and he's moving and if you can see what he's doing I mean you can enter into some amazing things he wants you to hear him church he wants you to hear his voice what is he saying to you you know as I was preparing and pondering over this point of the fig tree there's someone in this room the Lord showed me and I believe it's a woman who is just sitting in her car recently, within the last little while, just broken and crying out to God. And, and I just saw you, and you were at the steering wheel, and you were just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know. And I want to tell you this, that God said he sees you, and he loves you, and he cares for you, 
he hears your deepest cries, okay? You're not alone in whatever you're going through. And maybe it's a man, I don't know. I really was impressed that it was a woman, but you're not alone, amen? God heard you, and he sent me right now to just encourage you. You know, I don't want us to overcomplicate what it is to hear God. You know, we're waiting for this booming voice from heaven to just, you know, thus saith the Lord. You know, that was even pretty rare in the Bible. Right? We've got this big thing where I need to hear God's... That rarely happened. That was like a neat phenomenon that happened in Jesus' life and, and a couple other instances. You know, hearing God is really, what is he impressing on your heart? Do you hear? Are you reading the Bible? That's the number one way that he's speaking to you. In the life of Christ, if you can see and read that, you're going to hear God's voice all the time. The impressions that come into your heart. Sometimes he speaks in images and feelings and emotions. You know, and if it all lines up with his word, that's how you hear God. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Holly Sandmeyer does this with our kids at the Christian school. They sing every morning, and she says, okay, what's Father God showing you? What's he impressing on your heart today? And they share. I went in, man, the kids prayed over me, and I started crying almost. <laughs> Steve Windsor's daughter, Abby, said, you know, I just see a helicopter in your life, and it's going up and down, and as you praise God, your spirits lift, and as you don't, your spirits lift. I was like, who are you, young woman? Like, you don't know me, but... Right? We think we need to set aside these massive amounts of time to spend with Jesus. And we've got it in our mind. And I'm not saying that those are bad things to do. But we're meant to be in an all-day, everyday relationship, hearing his voice all day. As you're driving to work, as you're, as you're picking up your kids from school, as you're mopping the floor, whatever it happens to be, doing the dishes. It could be anywhere. You're meant to be in a constant relationship, hearing his voice all day, every day. Right? Don't make it harder than it needs to be. You know, and the other thing is this, is don't always be the one talking. I need this, I need that, can you bless this, can you bless that? I'm done, I'm out, right? Drop the mic. Part of prayer, part of hearing God is actually, Lord, what do you think about this? And then just stop and listen. What is he saying? What is he saying, church? Amen. Something we can grow in. You know, I promise you this, you know, you have to ask God to reveal himself. And when you do, when you ask him to speak to you, the beautiful thing is, is that he does. He does, and he will. It's his promise. If you'll seek him, you'll find him. Amen? He'll share some amazing things with you. How much he adores you. How much he delights in you. How much he cares for you. Things that need to get done. The person that's hurting. Right? Go take a steak to your neighbor. Well, not a steak, but I don't know. Unless it's me. If I'm your neighbor, bring me a steak. So <laughs> bring him a rhubarb pie or something. If the only way you're hearing about God's love is here at church, you're kind of missing the point. You're like, you're like the Israelites watching Moses have a relationship with God. And it's just not meant to be that way. It's not meant to be that way. He wants an intimate relationship with you, which can only be, you know, expected between two people who know each other and care about each other and love each other. You know, I, I have a pretty intimate relationship with my wife, Andrea. I don't know if you guys know that, but... We, we love each other, and we care about each other. We've spent a lot of time together. Been married for 12 years, I think. So, <laughs> yes, some of you who've been married with little kids know what I'm talking about. I don't even remember what I did yesterday, so it's amazing that I can remember that I think it's 12 years. But anyway, 
Taylor needs some sleep. But I know when I walk into a room, when Andrea looks at me, I can pretty much tell you how she's feeling. Just by looking at her, by seeing her. She could say one word, and I know how she is doing. You know, I, I was, I, this, was, this gift was at work this morning as Scott and I were at the door, and the hymn shoots pulled up, and Rajelle knocked on the door, and I could tell Rajelle's not happy right now. Joel better open that door quicker, right? Standing out in the cold, getting kicked. But we get these moments when we're married to you. Sorry, Rochelle. But anyway, we get these moments. I look at Andrew. We have secret languages. Twelve years we've been married, and I'm still learning new things out about my wife every single day. She shocks me all the time. It's beautiful. And, and, and you know, that's the relationship that God is looking to have with you. Where God, where you can just go into prayer and in a moment feel what he's feeling. Aware of what he's saying. That's the relationship that he wants with every single one of us. If you don't have it, you can get there. Right? I, I've seen John and Esther Booker look at each other sometimes and I know they're making fun of me. So, <laughs> right? He thumbs up, so, Amen. Lastly, becoming aware. You know, I was telling the prayer classes on Wednesday night, um, but it, it, it's a beautiful thing when you can have a relationship with God and the things that he will share with you, the intimate, deep things that he'll share with you. I remember when I was first taking my discipleship school when, a long time ago now, and I remember these two intercessors that were there, and they were praying, and they were grieving, and I was like, what's, what's going on? Like, why are you guys so grieved? And they said, well, the, the Lord is really just showing us something is, is going to happen in Asia, and it's not good, and, and there's going to be a lot of life lost. And I was like, man, you guys are crazy. Like, I, I was like, you know, they were grieving. They were weeping. And I thought, I was a brand-new Christian. I'd probably been saved for about seven months. And I thought, yeah, I don't think God would show stuff like that. You know what they saw? They said, we feel like something's happening in this they were, God was showing them the tsunami that was about to hit. That happened years ago now. How many lives were lost in that? And because I believe that God was showing them that, they were praying and people's lives were saved and changed because of how they pray. God will show, he can take you to some deep places, church. If you'll go there with them. If you'll be a friend to him. If you will share and, and go there and let him speak to you the things that he wants to speak. something we grow into. Look at what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 13 and 17 says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And it's the question that we all need to continue answering to this day. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. What an amazing thought, what an amazing gift today that God wants to reveal and open our eyes again to see that he is here with you and that he's for you and not against you. That he is right now inside each one of you, speaking to you. 
What a beautiful gift that he's revealed himself to us. But to what end? Why did he reveal himself? Why did he do this? Why does he want us to see and hear him? And it's to be aware. You know, I think too many Christians get caught up in the just me and Jesus thing. And it's like this loving embrace. We're just looking and dancing and Jesus, it's just me and you and we're staring into each other's eyes and we're so in love and we're so... And I think those are great moments. I'm telling you, God wants to be intimate with you like that. But it goes beyond just you and him. The whole point of the relationship is to spill out into everyone else. To spill out into everyone around you. Right? Jesus said to Peter, you know, you're finally getting who I am. You've spent so much time with me, you're finally starting to get it. And and it's only because God revealed himself to you. You're becoming aware of who I am. You're becoming aware of my heart. You're becoming aware of how I see things, of how I hear things. You're becoming aware of the purpose. You're becoming aware of what you're meant to do, right? And and I think it's just amazing. And he says to Peter, he says, I'm going to tell you now who you are. You're becoming aware of who I am. Now let me speak to you about who you really are. You're Peter. You're a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. That's who you are. You're the church. You're supposed to be so full of enemy that the gates of hell can't even hold you back. His spirit said you kick the door down. I wanted to kick this off the stage, but uh, (laughs) kick it down. Kick it down. Get some life, church. Go for it. Come on. Grab somebody this year and and, and just tell them about Jesus. And you want to know the real reason for the season? Let me tell you what it is. Shake them. Right? Why would God want to give us this gift? He wants you to see, hear him, and, and to be aware of him, and to tell others who he is. And he wants to tell you who you are. He wants you to know you have to know. You are the royal priesthood, church. You are a royal priesthood with the ministry of reconciliation to go out into the world and be the salt and the light. You are called to show others uh, the, the goodness of God by the way you love one another, not the way you rip one another down, right? You're going to cast out demons. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to sit with people and cry with them. And let them know that God loves them and that there's a better way, that suicide is not the answer. Right? You're meant to bind up the brokenhearted. You starting to see? Are you starting to hear? Are you becoming aware? Don't be sitting in the background anymore. There is a call for every single one of us. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You are Jesus Christ Church today, right now. You need to see it. Amen? That's not all. You're going to have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open and close any door and every door. There's no more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. It's time for us to see. Stand up with me, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to thank you for this beloved church, God, that you have called my name. Worship team, come on up here. I ask Jesus that you would open our eyes to see God, to see you, to place a value upon you, God. There are people in this room who don't understand their value, who want to give up, who want to quit, God, because, Lord, they don't understand the love that you have for them. They're not hearing your voice, God. They need to hear your voice today, God. 
Lord, you are the God who robbed the grave. You are the God who heals our wounds, God. You are the God who sits with us in lonely dens where the enemy is trying to devour us, God. You are so good. You are so magnificent, God. Let us see you again clearly, God. Open our hearts to receive it today, God. That we would sit no longer in the background thinking, I'm just, this is just a church I go to. We are the church, God. We are your answer right now, God. This is it. I want to ask you, church, today, right now, wherever you're standing, if you haven't been seeing yourself as valuable, if you haven't been seeing yourself as someone that God loves and cares about, I want you to lift your hand so high today, and I want you to just acknowledge to God, God, that is me today. That is me. Put your hand up nice and high, and I'm going to ask the people around you, there's hands going up everywhere. Don't be afraid in this moment. Don't fear, because God wants to impart into you his love, and he wants you to see yourself. Put your hand up. If someone is around you with their hands up, lay your hands on them, church, and start praying the love of God over them. Pray that God opens their eyes today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those that lifted their hands, God, and just said, that's me. That's me, Lord. 